This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 61 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we talk with Lori Fawcett, a judge and breeder of Australian Shepherds, about competing our dogs in rally. The breed of the show is the Silky Chicken. Critter Nutrition introduces us to a unique probiotic strain for the respiratory tract. And in Coffee Clatch, we share the funny things horses do that make us laugh. Join us. So I have some news, Patty P. What is your news? What, what, what? We have baby chicks. You do? Yes. A hen finally brooded. Yay! <laughs> okay, so, okay, so explain the process, because I'm going to tell you I'm a little confused. Well, you have a rooster and a hen. Right. So you have a rooster then, obviously. Yes. Well, this is our third rooster. The other two shot blanks. We have hens sitting on a nest that weren't f- fertile eggs. <laughs> so, right. Okay. So right. this rooster is fertile, and okay. now fertile we have myrtle. fertile myrtle, and now we have baby chicks, <gasps> and they're okay. four days old. I want some chicks. Oh my goodness! I want to see pictures. And they're like little balls of fur on legs. <gasps> are they just adorable? Oh How my many are there? Five. Oh my gosh! And what colors you, are they? There's one that looks like the mother. She's, um, what breed is she? Hang on. They all actually look most like, she's an Orpington. Okay, yes, I know that one. So one of them looks like her, and the others look like the father, who is a Moran. They're the black Ah. and gold chickens. Okay. But what is so interesting is that, you know when you go into a feed store... Or tractor supply, and they have the baby chicks. Yeah. And the baby chicks are, they're so loud. Yeah. I mean, you can hear them when you enter the store, right? Yeah, right. Of course, yeah. Well, what's so interesting is when chicks are with their mother, they're way less chirpy. Really? And so I'm starting to think that all that chirping is stress. Because those baby chicks were, you know, hatched that we get in, you know, farm stores. They're all hatched in a hatchery. Right. You know, the hen lays the eggs. They take the eggs away and they put them in an incubator. Right. So the baby chicks never know their mother. So, yeah. And and it's so interesting to watch them because um, we had to move her nest right before she uh, hatched because – she made her nest in the lion's stall. And, uh, you know, if he spooks at water, little baby chicks run around. I was around. just going to say that. <laughs> Not that would do him in. No. That would give him a major heart attack and yeah. it would be all oh, over. No. Yeah. There's going to be yeah. so fishing. We don't want it's, that. No. It's very tricky. You're not, you know, ideally you don't want to move the nest, but we had to move the nest. So we moved it into the horse trailer. So, which ended up being a perfect place because there's no other chickens. The Taj, the Taj Mahal? 
No, 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 no. My my subsequent three horse okay. trailer. So um, this morning I went out because I wanted to take a video of the chicks, and I noticed all the other hens were gathered around. Um, we open up the back of the trailer during the day with a gate in front of it, right? So no dogs can mm. go see the chicks, but there's plenty of airflow and right. all the hens were gathered around. I went, boy, that's weird. And and then I got to the trailer and a small bag of of chick feed had fallen over onto one of the baby chicks. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And the mother is pecking at the bag, and the hens are sort of there in support. And fortunately, I just, you know, moved the bag back, and and the little chick was fine. Oh, Um, good. But it was to see the community at work. And, you know, this is what we forget when we have, when we get chickens, you know, that we have no relationship to their... Mm-hmm. you know, what their real life is like. And when you watch them, the mom is walking along and she's pecking and she's moving the straw and showing them little bits of pieces of, you know, seed. And she and pecks origin, at it and, yeah. then they, and they peck at it. And it, it it's just, and then they crawl up underneath her. She spreads her wings, she lifts her chest and they crawl up underneath her chest. And then she oh, kind wow. of moves them around and settles down around them to protect them. Uh, and so cool. It just makes me realize again the separation of, of of us from the natural world. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just, you know, I'm I'm really thinking about I I don't know that I could get any chickens from a hatchery. I mean, I would buy them from somebody well, who bred them, who bred them with their mothers. But yeah. this whole concept of just industrial chicken production. It's a business. Yeah, it's, it's a business. I mean. Yeah. Well, also, a uh, lot of these more exotic breeds are not good brooders. So if you want to right. breed a certain type of chicken, you're not going to get very many peepees because the hens won't set on them. But then you <laughs> right. eat silkies. Yeah. Well, yeah, what they'll yeah. do is you, you take them out, you take those fertile eggs from the, the hens that don't like to set, and you just stuff them under whatever you've got that does like to set because right. the peepees don't care who raises them. If they get if you stuff chicken eggs under a, a duck, that chicken's going to grow up thinking he's a duck. Yes. You know, he's, yeah. he's happy to have yeah. whatever, whatever warm feathers are available. Wouldn't that be funny to have your, like, your silky <laughs> under a, a duck? That would be hilarious. <laughs> Well, I just I, Tigger. I think I I you have to give me you have to give me some of the chicks when they grow up. That could they could be my first chickens. They could, they could be the they could be my they could be the Pirelli. They could be Pirelli. There you go. But yeah. it, it's it's so it's such a it's a, such a reminder of the way nature yeah. works and how we often just get in the way of it. Yeah. How many how many other hens do you have? We have uh, eighteen hens. Wow! Oh wow! That's a lot of hens. Holy samoli! Yeah, and I just planted some um, bee balm this weekend, and two days later they wiped it out. I bet they did. <laughs> oh Woo-hoo, really? Look what she, look look what Tigger look did what for she us. Just planted for us. Yeah. Wasn't that nice? I bet yeah. you don't have any bugs though. You don't have any irritating bugs in your ground. <laughs> 
No, they're really good Uber, at bugs good and grubs and yeah. ticks and yeah. Oh yeah. And they roam out. I mean, they roam out into the pastures. Oh yeah. There's never awesome. there's never a bug, and they're also good at. Um, you have no mulch where the mulch originally was placed. No. Nope. Oh, never. No, <laughs> never. No, they're, they're great mulch movers. But you never have mulch to drag movers. your pastures either because they spread apart all the poop piles. Yep. See, that's nice. Yep. They're, the one thing that is annoying is when I do the stalls at night, um, it, when they get let out early in the morning, if I leave the stall door open. Uh-oh. They'll go in and rearrange I bet in straw. So they really yeah. like that to peck around. But I bet they do. Um chickens chickens are wonderful additions to any farm oh, or pet. Yeah. I miss chickens. I had chickens at our farm back in the day and I find them yeah. fascinating to just you just sit and watch them. It's like watching a crackling fire, you know? Has that effect? Uh, for yep. me, they're like just little dinos, little dinosaurs roaming your territory. Yeah, they're awesome. So yeah. there we go. I, I'm very anxious. No, don't go there. This way. Yeah. yeah, I'm anxious to uh, to get some. So if you can, Tigger, post pictures and or videos of your It's on my Facebook page. On your, make sure they're on the Healthy Critters Radio Facebook page. <laughs> okay. Because that's where everyone who's listening to this podcast is going to go so that they can that's watch videos. That's true. Because That's there's true. nothing freaking cuter than peepee videos, especially if they're uh, if they poke their little heads yeah, out like from under mama's yeah. wings. <laughs> yeah, I didn't oh, get a yeah, video of that, but I got them okay. um, just moving around and just how absolutely adorable they are. So uh, we've got a great show with about dogs and the silky breed and of chickens. Yep. So uh, yes. let's go. Let's go. And we're here with Lori Fawcett of Soundtrack Farms, breeder of, in my opinion, the best Australian shepherds. <laughs> She's also a trainer and a judge. And Patty and I wanted to have Lori on again, this time to talk about the sport of rally. Because yeah. um, now that Patty has moved back to Virginia, she and I are going to do rally together. Because going there, going to a dog show alone by yourself when you don't know anybody, it really doesn't sound like so much fun. Yes. But together, yes. the dynamic duo with our Australian yes. shepherds, um, even if we don't do well in rally, we'll have a great time. We're just going to have fun. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's always going to be a topic for the show. At the very yes, end. exactly. But um, Lori is the perfect person to introduce us and our listeners to the sport of rally because she's also a rally judge and I've only done rally twice. So I'm hardly in any way, shape or form an expert at it. So Lori, tell us about rally. Well, rally is all about fun. It's all about teamwork. <laughs> so it's right up your alley. Rally is about fun and it's about teamwork with your dog. Okay. It is like obedience, agility, you follow a course of numbered signs, but they're obedience maneuvers versus the agility equipment. It's a timed event, but the timing is only in case of ties for placement. So a slower and steady clean run will outbe a fast sloppy run. So now, it's mostly uh, about just, you and your team. Can I just interject yes. that it is a lot like a dressage test? Well, yes. when, you know, Tigger, when Lori, when Tigger was like, um, 
oh, Patty P, we need to do rally. I'm like, what's rally? And she says, well, it's kind of like dressage for dogs. And I had this whole other vision in my head of us like going around <laughs> a little boring course. I'm like, dude, I'd like to get away from what I do all the time. This sounds like fun. Yes, it's a numbered set of signs. And the signs um, increase in technically technical difficulty as you progress in the levels. Novice is all on leash. Um, in AKC, it's 12 to 15 signs. In ASCA, it's still 16 to 19, but the degree of difficulty is much less than, say, your excellent or master's classes. Um, it's in a 40 by 50 ring. Sometimes it'll be in a 40 by 60 ring. Um, your novice, there's no jump. It's on leash, a six-foot leash. And Can you give us an example of some of the signs that you would I was. In- I was just going there. Yes. So you start out with a start sign as number, you know, the first sign is a start. You set your dog up in a heel position next to you and you may encounter a 360 right, which you just turn and the dog stays in heel position, which is on your left side next to you. And you both do a circle together. That is one of the signs. Another sign could be just a halt, which is you stop and the dog sits. It could be a down where you stop and the dog downs. Um, It could be a left turn, a right turn. They do have some cone exercises, which are more familiar to you guys with dressage. Like there's the, Mm -hmm. there's the, what we call the paper clip, but it's the spiral and it's a three, two, one around cones or the weaves which is four cones and you weave in and out them. Now, can I tell you um, that the one that really caught me (laughs) was that the one, two, three. Oh, the halt one, two, three. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You you can have a halt one, two, three. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. It it does entail walking and chewing gum at the same time. Well, not chewing gum, but thinking. So it's, you know, if you've got a dog that stays, on your left with a loose leash and will respond to your voice commands. And novice, you can pat your leg, you can clap your hands, you can pretty much beg your dog to do the things through the course. <laughs> okay, good, good. You know, there's a lot of people that pray as well, but you can give multiple commands. You can talk to your dog the entire time through the novice and advanced rallies and excellent rallies. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, in novice, you can retry your stations. If you, if you happen to go left instead of right. And before you get to the next one, you went, wait a minute, that arrow went the other way. I better redo that. You can redo it twice each station. The judge will take off points. Like each time your leash is tight. If your dog, um, is way slow to respond or sits way out to the side or, it's way out to the front of you and instead of beside you you'll lose a point you can lose up to 30 points and still qualify now if you do assign him properly yes i have a question about when you say sits out to the left or sits out to the right are you talking about the dog's position next to you or the actual way they're sitting like if they collapse the head no no the distance between you and them okay okay so if their butt is way out away from you that's an out of position that's one point okay Okay, so, or if the dog is actually facing you, obviously it's not sitting and facing the same direction, it's a point. If they sit way back behind you, then it would be a point. But if they just are a little bit crooked, it's not a point. Off. 
Okay. So if you do a sign wrong, say there's a halt and then a down, and you come up to mm-hmm. the sign and you forget to sit them first and you just down, as long as you mm-hmm. attempted it, you lose 10 points for not doing that sign properly, but you still can qualify if you don't lose another 20 points somewhere else. Or you can redo wow. it. If you redo it, you lose three points. That's it. You redo it, you get perfect. You only lose the three points for retrying it. Oh, wow. It's a okay. fun it's a fun way to introduce your dog into competition because everybody gets nervous. The dogs get nervous, but you can talk your way through it. Now, sometimes people talk, you know, and their dogs are just tuning them out because they just don't ever shut up, you know, but (laughs) they may always do that with their dogs. Who knows? Competition brings out the nerves in everybody, but it's supposed to be about fun. We're supposed to see the tails wagging miles on the faces, you know, the people, um, the dog, the only way that you really NQ, which is not qualified, is if your dog has an accident in the ring or if okay. you happen to just walk right by a sign and not attempt to do it. Those okay. are your three ways that you'll NQ. The only other way you can NQ is if you point out, which means you lose 31 points. And it happens, point out, but not very mean? often. Get, lose, lose 31 points instead of just 30. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, so okay. So, so how many points at the novice level do you get to qualify? 70. All of them. It's a perfect score is 100 for AKC. And you anything 70 or above is qualifying. Now, an mm-hmm. ASCA is 170 and 200 is perfect. And it's still a 30-point spread. So, But it's a fun thing to do. If you can tell your dog to sit and they sit. If you can tell your dog to down and they down. And they walk on a loose lead. Um, you pretty much have it. Now, the only other more difficult finds would be you call your dog to your front, which means you stop at the sign and then back up and the dog comes and sits in front of you. And then they have okay. to finish left or right. Those okay. take a little bit more training, but not a lot. Like I can train them in one lesson normally, but sometimes it takes two for the dog to really kind of get it. Now, if you right. are, if you have your fingers together, like you're baiting, like you have food in the ring, and you're trying to lure the dog around, you will lose a point for luring, for baiting the dog okay. through. But you can pat your leg, you can pop your hands, you know, you can beg, pray. So um, it's really set up know. very positively. I mean, everything sounds it like, is. I mean, I wish you could do that dressage. You know what? I really didn't like that half pass. Let me just do that over again. Mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's really, oh my gosh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Now, the, and the judge will only say forward at the beginning. And at the end, after you pass the finish sign and the time stops, they'll say, thank you. You know, um, they don't tell you to do anything in the ring at all. You talk to your dog and you go through one, two, three, four, you know, sequentially the order of signs. When you get up to the higher levels, advance is off leash. Now they do. And AKC, AKC just came out with an intermediate class, which is all of your advanced signs without the jump and it's on leash. So that closes the gap and makes a bridge between off leash to the more advanced signs as well. So a lot of people are taking advantage and it's optional titling class right now, but a lot of people are taking advantage of that bridge and being on lead to the more advanced signs without the jump. Right. Right. In ASCA, we already had that bridge. We have a novice advanced, which there's no jump anyways, but it is off leash. And then we have excellent and masters. AKC just started a master's class. So the master's is a lot more difficult. It's more like your, your elite dressage, you know, horses, 
Um, but it's very nice teamwork, you know, some precision timing, but it, it's, it's just your basic obedience commands in action, sign to sign yeah. and being kind instead of the nerves of having like to fun. listen to a judge and apply it. It is really fun. And it's really how nice. Did for the dog. Rally. How did this, how did this emerge? Lori? Did it well, start I started with, with the Australian it started. No, it started AKC introduced it. Well, it actually, um, UKC had started it and AKC followed and, um, it was, it was to be a stepping stone for obedience. You know, a lot of people getting into novice obedience, your dog already has to be healing without any commands and no support system there in the competition ring. So they started rally where there is support with you, with your dog in the ring and rallies evolved into being a competitive sport as well though, but it's still judged a little bit more, I wouldn't say lenient, but competitor friendly, easier. Yes. Competitor friendly. Um, ASCA, um, I had been competing in AKC and I was going to introduce a master's class to AKC when I heard at the nationals that ASCA had built a committee trying to come up with the rally program and they wanted it different than AKC. So I jumped on that committee and ended up pretty much writing the rule book. I was the committee chair and I wrote the rule book for the ASCA rally program. Many, many of the AKC judges liked the ASCA program and found it a nice competitive program. Um, and the last update of the signs, well, the first update that AKC did since we had our ASCA, several other signs are very similar to ours. Um, they've changed, they changed a few things around them. Now AKC just came out with some signs and now ASCA has adopted some of those into our program. <laughs> I'm not on the committee anymore. Um, it's mostly AKC judges and a few ASCA judges there now and some competitors. I spent four years of my life writing the program and I just needed a break. I, I was like, I'm, you know, I've got to be done and I want to compete. Um, the first ASCA nationals and finals was in 2012 um, in Bakersfield, California. I judged um, the finals and the nationals there. Um, we introduced it in 2010 in ASCA. Um, in Texas, the ASCA uh, program bases it on 200 points, very much like obedience with 170 qualifying and, and all the levels have the same number of signs or can have, but we have star stations to make up the difference to the 200 points. But overall rally as a program is a very fun, active, happy program that you can start getting into competition with. It's, it's not as physical as agility, and it's not like watching paint dry like obedience. Cool. I want I wanted to point out that um, every rally judge sets their own course, so in that regard, it's a little like a hunter oh. course. Right. So it's not like a dressage test where you know if you go into training level test one, it's going to be the same no matter what show you go to. Right. When right. you compete in rally judge sets the course so you get to walk the course like a hunter um yeah or you get a 10 minute walk through before you before the classes begin you get 10 minutes to walk the course and and see the signs yes you do get to do that and each judge does make their own courses now akc they have a book and the judges a lot of them pick through those courses 
but some of them will change out the signs a little bit that, you know, you may get a 360 right in one course and you won't see it again for three trials. You may get a call front finish left and the next course is going to be a call front finish right. Um, you know, I try to change out as many signs as I can in between because I'll typically judge two trials in the same day. So I try to use all the different signs within the trials that I judge in that weekend for the clubs. Um, and we submit and, the courses. And if you want to learn the signs, um, you, There's you go to There's a ton of YouTube videos. There, you can. There's a ton of YouTube videos out there. There's YouTube videos for ASCA, UKC, AKC, CWAGS. CWAGS is another rally division. And, yeah, you can go online on YouTube and see any of the videos. And AKC, I believe, has videos as well. Cool. Okay, and you Patty can actually. P. Now, you All can right. also qualify. There's rally finals and rally national championships for AKC and ASCA. You can qualify for those each year. I've got three dogs going to the Rally National Championships in Ohio this year. Yeah, oh, I think it's really fun. <laughs> and how many perfect. how many scores do you need to to you know title? You need you know, three three scores under two different judges of of seventy or more or one seventy or more um, to get each of your legs to get each of your titles in each level. You can stay okay. in that level for for as long as you want. Now, ASCA has, you can get two titles for those same three trials. We give an X title for any scores 195 or more, you get a Rally Novice X title as well as your Rally Novice title. If you want to stay in the Rally Novice level in ASCA, um, because you're not ready to go off leash or anything, we have a Rally Novice C class. And five scores of 190 or more, you can get your C title. And you can get your C title, you can get your X title, or, or your base titles in any of your levels in ASCA. And you get a, you get, um, and, and AKC just came out with the Rally Trial Championship as well. We came out with ours when it first came out in 2010. Um, AKC just came out with theirs. So you, while you're going for your Rally Trial Championship, you can get all these titles and everything else as well. Okay, Patty. And you can continue just getting more and more championships. <laughs> we got to get to work this on be, this. I was going to say, well, and I think, um, you know, Burke does, he definitely says, um, and he definitely downs, but we're going to work a little bit on healing. Uh, very. If you think really about much. healing, because you guys do dressage. So if you think about healing as your dog is your horse next to you, mm-hmm. as you turn the dog's rear end should turn and pivot on the front, Okay. okay, so that's for your inside turns, for your circle lefts, for your U-turns. Think about getting their rear end back around, like pivoting so like on their front end. Like a pirouette. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say it's like a pirouette. Okay. Your 360 circles are pretty tight. They can be as tight as you want them. You know, so obviously when you do an outside figure eight with your dressage horse, you have to go a little bit further around. Well, for a dog, they have to travel faster than what you're walking because they're not under you. They're next to you. Right. So you want to tell them, hurry, you know, their head should, their, your, the pants leg, the seam of your pants leg should be between the nose and the shoulder of the dog. And then they shouldn't be very far away from you. 
So that makes sense. If while you're training, your leash is in your left hand. If you think about your right hand as a lunge whip when you're trying to lunge a horse and you have them move around, think about that for heel position for your pivots and for your turns and for keeping them in heel position. Well, uh, Tigger, I just think we need to make Lori move to Virginia and we'll have this all figured out. <laughs> I could be so persuaded to a part. visit. That would make it yeah. a whole lot okay. easier. <laughs> yeah, it really, I mean, it would make things a whole lot easier. You know what we could do, Patty? We could have a a Lori clinic. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? I, I do do clinics worldwide. I mean, we could have just the riders break. I mean, there's any dog can do rally. It doesn't have to be an Aussie. And, right, right. And even in an Ask a Show, a non-Aussie can do rally. Yes. Oh, that's great. So, I mean, we have friends with uh, just a variety of dogs. This could yeah. be hysterical. It's not any and all dogs. <laughs> I've, yeah. taught a Bersa- I've taught a Bashan for say. I've taught oh. a Greyhound. I've taught several Aussies, obviously. There you go, Jennifer. I've taught a yep. Cavalier. Yep. Oh, wow. So, well, have you taught about you know, Patty? <laughs> I've about taught a, a Yorkie. Okay. I've seen a few Frenchies out there. Yeah, I think I've taught a Yorkie. We've taught pit bulls, lots of cattle dogs, Aussies, herding breeds, of course, yep. border collies and all those. So, shepherds, um, labs. You know, any dog can do rally. And, and like Ticker said, they do not need to be registered, purebred. Um, AKC has a PAL program, and ASCA has a tracking number program that for $10 for the life of the dog, they can get titles in all of their different venues. The only venue wow, an all-breed dog can not compete in is the Aussie Confirmation. But our agility is all-breed, our, our rally, our obedience. Now, the herding, it does need to be a herding breed. Um, you know, to compete and ask the hurting. Patty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's that, Tig? <laughs> it does exclude your Frenchies in the hurting division. <laughs> yeah, they, they'd probably just lay down. <laughs> they'd be like, they'd be like, go ahead, go on your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Lori, this has I been do. great. Uh, it's really, I'm, I'm feeling really motivated. And Patty, we're going to have to work on this. Yes, we are definitely going to have. And to work I think on having this. a I clinic agree. would be really a good idea. I think that'd be a super idea. I could interview so, stuff. How much fun would that be? I All right. Know. Well, we got to get with Lori. Oh, yeah. On that. Yeah. 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 Just let me know. Um, okay. Hey, you know what? Maybe we start our own little Aska club. <laughs> well, that's kind there of, I was like, oh, that would, wouldn't that be fun? I mean, that would because be a great the only idea. one that really is, it, it's over in the Blue Ridge. And, um, you know, if we they can keep get the having one. shows when you're in Alaska. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, we could bring the horse people into this. Oh, I think they'd have fun. Oh, they'd have a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, the dogs are excited now. Uh, uh, yeah, that that's Wookie. Wook. <laughs> she always Wook barks too. at Peter. Anyway, thanks so much, Lori. And I will talk to you soon. And for all our listeners, you can, we've got Lori's phone number and her website, um, on our Show notes, so please go to health, Healthy Critters, Healthy Critters Radio. <laughs> what? HealthyCrittersRadio.com, and you can contact, and all her contact information will be there. <laughs>
Human words, please, Hedwig. Human words. I don't like that noise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite sure what's going on. I am not happy with what is going on. Hi, Hetty. Hi, Hi, Hetty. Hello, Patty and Jennifer, or Patty Tigger, as I like to call you. Patty Pat, Patty Tigger. Or Tigger Patifer. That's a good one. Tigger Patifer. I like that a lot. That works, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. Um, I understand you have a story for us. Well, I do have a story, and it ends so well. I think you're going to love it. Okay. So, as you may know, I have a brother who's a little, I don't want to say dim-witted, but <laughs> I'm going to say dim-witted, not smart like a Pomeranian, no. And we are building a big fence to keep him in because he's uh, in trouble right now because he ran away from our human. <coughs> and despite the fact that uh, I have told him not to do that and my sister told him about when she was kidnapped by the lady in the flower dress and went missing for three days. But mm. he's just on doing it. So he ran the other day we had a sick mule. Our friend Ralphie was sick with anaphasmosis. And the human servant was in the field with the mule and El Veterinario, as we like to call him. And he breaks treats every time he comes in. We love him so much. Excuse me, I digress. And um, <laughs> so we were there, me and my sister, waiting by El Veterinario's car because he will give him. <laughs> but my brother is a little dim-witted. And so he ran away into the road. Oh, and God. the human oh. was holding the mule. And then she was yelling, Boy, you get back here, but that did not work. So when the mule had had his injection and everything, the servant went sprinting out over the fence into the road, and the brother came. But a lady in an SUV really fast almost <coughs> hit the human, not the brother. Um, the oh. human made some very sharp marks. The driver of said SUV. And then she called the state police, who are apparently going to start being on our road more often because it is not the Autobahn. Then the human called her friend Diane, who is a communicator, and Diane spoke sharply with our brother right around the same time the human was speaking sharply with our brother, and he went completely completely weird because he heard voices in his head and outside his head he was screwed up so he's he wants to talk to you just for a minute can he do that sure my my name is boy i'm a boy and i i did run away i didn't mean to love mama forgot anyway Heard voices in the head, out of the head, too much for boys. (laughs) At which point, I must cut him off because he's just ridiculous. And he's been sucking up (laughs) ever since, even though I know he wants to run away again. 
and we're having to build a fence to keep him in a little rascal. That said, human felt so guilty she took us for ice cream. Uh, <laughs> oh, that sounds like a relatively good servant to me. Yeah. Well, yes, I mean, guilt. What kind of ice cream did you get? Vanilla. Oh, good. It was so nice. Oh. Mm. I had my own large cup of ice cream, big scoop. <laughs> I got one, and my sister got one, and the boy got one. And the boy got one. He doesn't deserve a nice thing, though. <laughs> He's going to get yelled at again in his head and outside his head. I can tell you that right now. Well... Um, I'm really glad you didn't have ice cream in Florida because my dogs have never met ice cream, nor will yeah. they. Oh, blah, blah. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that's what she thinks about that, Tig. I'm not sure we want to have an IQ test about the dog eating habits right now, Mike. <laughs> I mean, was it not your dog, Wookie, who recently ate? Oh, let's see. Hmm. wasn't it a fungus or a spore or a mold or something and then it ate a lot of chicken food and so it got sick and then it ate a toxic plant? Yes, all in three weeks. Uh, yeah. oh. How's that mm. credit card looking, Tink? <laughs> <laughs> That's why your dog said right. that. Well, there you go. <laughs> yep, I get put in my place by a Pomeranian. Yeah. That's why I can't have nice things. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you very much, Hedwig. We Thanks, appreciate Hattie. the good chuckle. We needed that. Yeah. yeah, good story. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So we are at the breed of the show portion of our program. And we haven't done uh, chickens in a while, I don't think. So I decided to look up just fun chickens. And I'm always trying to do ones that are good layers. And, and I came across um, the silky. And I think, Tigger, don't you have a few silkies? I don't have any silkies. Okay, you don't have silkies. Well, <laughs> when people look up the picture of a silky, I don't know why you don't have a silky. And that may be your, in your Christmas list because they are just the coolest looking birds. But they, um, I didn't pick them because they're good hen layers. In fact, or uh, hen layers, egg layers. They're actually not very good layers. Correct. That's why but I don't they have are, them. Right. Exactly. And that they're really just more of an ornament, or, ornamental, ornamental type of bird. But yes, ornamental. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're very uh-huh. friendly. And very friendly. Yeah. And so um, I learned a lot of good things. Like they're, very, they're an older breed, most likely from chi- uh, Chinese origin. The first mention of them was Marco Polo. Did you know that? No. Um, he called them a furry bird. Yeah, back in like 1290 to 1300, somewhere in that time frame. Um, oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was there. <laughs> yeah. They um, So the appearance of the silky is quite different. They're really quite a fluffy bird. They have quite a big plume uh, or a pom-pom above their head. Um, they are described as uh, they have an oval head with turquoise blue earlobes, which are really quite pretty, and um, dark wattles, <laughs> which just makes you want to get them. The funny <laughs> thing about them, and I don't know if you know this, Tigger, is their feathers don't have uh, barbicles. I guess that's how you say it. 
which means the little hooks to keep the feathers, you know, in like the, your normal bird, which makes them not waterproof. Oh, which is that's interesting, interesting, right? So it is, and apparently they're quite pathetic when they're wet. <laughs> um, so I couldn't. I, I if we can find one wet, that'd probably be a good picture to put up. But they can't fly, so right. um, which is a kind of a good thing slash bad thing. Which you know, as Tigger mentioned, they're a very incredibly friendly bird. They're quite docile. They're actually a really great first chicken to get if you're not looking for a good layer because they're really very easy. Um, to get, they, they like people, you can pick them up, they're kind of trainable, um, and even um, the boy chickens, or the boy silkies are supposed to be good, I guess that's kind of a thing, I guess roosters tend to be not as nice, Tigger, you can probably tell us about that, but they, um, but the, 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 so the fact that they can't fly, and they're so friendly, is great if you only have silkies, because what they, they were saying is that if you get them around other chickens that are a little bit more aggressive, they'll kind of beat the tar out of them, so good to kind of keep to themselves. You can integrate them with other ones, but they can't be more aggressive chickens because they are sort of laid back. But the part about them not being able to fly is, um, you, you know, they, you can free range them if you want, because they're good little foragers and they can help with insects. But that doesn't say if, if an intruder comes in, um, if they're going to be easily killed. So, um, you kind of have to watch them, but other kind of cool fact is that their skin is uh, black. Um, which um, apparently, sadly, makes them a delicacy in China, but we won't talk about that. But overall, they are non-aggressive, easy to be around, great for kids if you're looking to do something for your kids in the chicken department. And they make a great, beautiful-looking bird, and they're just nice and fluffy, and they have cute little feet. So, <laughs> Can I just add one thing? A friend yeah. of mine has a selection of uh, chickens, and she she loves her silkies. But she says what they are really good at is sort of taking care of other chickens' chicks. That's okay. That's funny because that is it was one last thing I was going to mention. They say that they are really good hens. They're yeah. really good at taking uh, really yeah, good mamas. That's so funny. Yeah, really good mamas. Even though they're not good leg egg layers, <laughs> right. so it's kind of funny. But yeah. they're good at taking so, care so of other hens' bird. chickens, uh, babies. Yeah, they're the babysitting birds. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. aunties. Yeah. The anti-birds, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think we need to at least get one. Yeah, for our new club. Yeah, for our new club. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And now we're at Critter Nutrition, and we're going to talk to talk about Lactobacillus rhamnosus, which is an, a not well-known and very important probiotic for horses. Lactobacillus is a lactic acid bacteria that is a common component in equine and canine formulas. This genus belongs to the Firmicutes family. This genus belongs to the family Firmicutes, which is a significant portion of the microbiota in the GI tract. But lactobacillus is much more than just the strains we read on labels. Lactobacillus acidophilus, lactobacillus casei, lactobacillus ruteri, lactobacillus plantarium, lactobacillus delbrecki. There are over 180 species of lactobacillus, which shows just how diverse bacteria are in mammalian bodies. One lactobacillus strain that is less well-known in equine and canine supplementation is lactobacillus rhamnosus. 
this strain has demonstrated ability to modulate the respiratory immune response. L-rhamnosus was discovered in 1983 in the intestines of a healthy human. It was considered remarkable for its ability to survive and thrive in highly acid environments such as the stomach. The GI tract of horses is inhabited by diverse colonies of bacteria, protozoa, and fungi. Each horse has a unique range of microorganisms affecting the digestive system, immune stimulation, pathogen protection, and metabolism. However, the GI tract is not the only site of microorganisms in the body. The equine microbiome is an aggregate of microorganisms that reside in tissues, fluids, the skin, lungs, saliva, oral mucosa, reproductive glands, as well as the GI tract. There are so many diverse bacteria and other microbes in mammalian bodies that they equal the number of body cells. The respiratory tract, including the mouth, harbors diverse colonies of interacting microbiota. Studies have shown that certain probiotic lactic acid bacteria strains can exert their beneficial effect on the host through their immunomodulation activity. These strains have been termed termed immunobiotics. While most research has focused on the immunostimulatory activities of lactic acid bacteria in the GI tract, several studies have clearly demonstrated that strains of lactobacillus are immunobiotics capable of improved protection against respiratory pathogens. Research has shown that L-rhamnosus is able to improve specific cytokines in blood, which can induce a mobilization of white blood cells known as T-helper cells or T-lymphocytes. One particular study suggested that L-rhamnosus is a potent inducer of antiviral cytokines and may be useful as a therapeutic or prophylactic agent to control respiratory virus infection. Like yeast probiotics, L-rhamnosus is not able to colonize the GI tract of adult equines. This means these microorganisms must be supplemented daily. L-rhamnosus is capable, however, of colonizing the GI tract of foals. When to use L-rhamnosus? If your horse suffers from chronic respiratory disease, such as asthma or COPD, adding rhamnosus as well as omega-3 supplementation can be beneficial. For horses dealing with upper respiratory infections caused by bacteria or viruses, supplementing with rhamnosus, particularly in the onset of the infection, can help support the immune response. If your horse is in a barn or herd that has been exposed to an upper respiratory virus, start supplementing with rhamnosus immediately, as studies have shown that it can work prophylactically. Likewise, if your horse is shipping a long distance, it is advisable to give probiotics, including L-rhamnosus, for maintaining a healthy gut immune system and for respiratory support. If your horse has been diagnosed with Lyme disease, support for the immune system is important and active probiotic strains, including rhamnosus, are recommended. Make sure you are feeding a probiotic that contains more than one strain of active bacteria. The microbiome is diverse, and a probiotic should reflect the diversity of the microbiome by containing different strains of active microorganisms. If a label states dried yeast fermentation product, then it is not alive and is not considered an active microbial. Check the colony-forming units on the label. The higher the CFUs, the better. Research from the University of Toronto at Gulf suggests 100 billion CFUs as a minimum for colonization. And horses with immune or GI tract issues may, ha- may need as much as 400 
billion CFUs per day. Microencapsulation is an important feature in a probiotic formula because it protects the strains from deterioration in the stomach. The pH of the stomach lessens the survival rate of many micro microorganism strains. Microencapsulation does not mean the product is in a capsule. It means that the product mass has been coated with either an alginate, cellulose, chitosan, or pectin. Some companies do use xanthan gum, starch, carrageen, or gelatin. Check with the manufacturer to find out specifically what kind of microencapsulation is used. L-remnosis is not a panacea, but it is an important therapeutic microorganism for the immune and respiratory systems. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. BioStar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The BioStar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BioStarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BioStarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. And we're now at Coffee Clatch, and uh, we thought it would be fun to talk about the silly things that horses do that make us laugh because sometimes you think you know a horse and they I mean this is my experience you feed them every day you're with them every day and one day you walk in the barn they act like they've never seen you before (laughs) and Lionheart who is 32 this year he's 32 he's 32 every oh my gosh Day, I fill his water bucket, right, mm-hmm. with a hose, and every day he runs backwards in his stall. Oh my God! <laughs> he's coming with the hose to fill my water bucket, right. and it makes me laugh because for thirty-two years, thirty-two he's been years. afraid of that. Uh-huh. Jesus! Oh my God! Uh-huh. <laughs> How about you, Patty? Well, I, I, I have this one particular um, Dutch horse that's actually a client of mine, and he is probably one of the most joyful horses I've ever met. He, he, my dog, Burke, reminds me of him because it's just everything he does, it's like, oh, my gosh, isn't that great? Can you believe we're doing Like, he's just always so funny. And there's just so many, so many, so many things he's, he does. Um, he, um, I decided he's a, a Dutch harness horse, so he... Um, you know, he has a tendency to actually get his tail up over his back. He's still young. And when Hannah was breaking him um, and things would come behind him, he would get his neck up and his tail up a little bit. And he never does anything. He's very safe. And then Hannah would lean back and just push his tail down. And he would stop. So it was sort of like it was a little bit of a trigger. Push his tail down. So that's like one of my, like, always been my favorite thing about him is that, you know, he does that. You just push his tail down. It goes away. But so I decided I was going to do some stuff with plastic bags and feed bags to, you know, help, you know, get them used to things and desensitize them a little bit. So I put them in the round pen and I got 
plastic bags, big plastic bags, scary plastic bags, feed bags. And I laid them down and I was going to just walk him up to them and have him get used to them. So I get the lead grip. I have it, you know, with my hand in case he tries to get in my space and whatever. So I walk him over to the feed bag. He immediately walks on it, starts pawing it, smells it, realizes what it is, picks it up and starts trotting around the arena, like trying to take off, trotting around, flipping this bag all over the place. And I'm like, okay, you're just not for real. So, you know, but he has all of these funny things that he does. So I did that that one day. And then I came in the next day and I was standing, he was done riding him. And he was standing outside of a stall where there was a feed pan. So he picks up the feed pan. My back is too. Picks up the feed pan and starts smacking it and hitting his forehead. Like he picked it up with the lip and just doing it over and over again, just so everybody would turn around and look at him, you know, and he just, and just stood there and then just dropped it when he was done. I mean, he's just, he just is comical. He's a character. Yeah. Oh my goodness. He's a character. I've like a thousand more Astrana stories, but he just, he just makes me laugh. Just makes me you laugh. need to follow 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 him around with your video going and uh, yeah I you actually can make some do. money on I YouTube have, yeah I have I have the trash bag uh, uh, picture that I could send you guys of him flinging it up and down and uh, the, the video of the feed pan it was oh, hysterical the, the trash the bag picture does, so needs to be our picture for the show notes this week it does okay totally. I, I'll get it I'll I'll send it to you for sure it's just hysterical but the one other thing he does is if you leave him alone in the cross tie. Um, he will find the muck tub and he will put both feet in it. And he's ruined more shovels that are in there or brooms because he likes to hear them crack. And he'll stand there. And the minute like you come and you look around, he'll stand like, I wasn't doing anything. And then you walk back through and then he starts doing it. And then you look back again. And he goes, I'm not doing anything. I mean, he's, 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 he's a jackass. He's like truly, truly comical. He truly is. But I will don't send you, you that picture. You'll love it. Don't you love horses that they walk by on the same path to the barn every day? Uh-huh. And then one day there's nothing changed, but they think no. something's changed or something's about to change. And you go, what the heck is up with you? Yeah. I, I yeah. really think that they are partly bored. And so to be stimulating and amusing, they're just going to imagine that there is some creature lurking right by the gate. Yeah. Well, I will tell you at our farm in Rivers Bend, um, about 400 acres, and it's bordered by the Otter River. There was a spot on the farm and there were some rocks or a rock, but just some rocks that the, we would walk by. Now, not all the horses would do it, but some of the horses would spook at it or shy at it every every time we would trail ride, which, you know, I used to do several times a week. But this went on for years. And finally, um, somebody that had been at the farm uh, 20 years prior um, and knew the history of the farm, and it had apparently been, because it was right on the river, there was a lot of uh, Indians that lived on the property. And um, somebody told me one of the, the horse guys there said it was uh, it was it's part of where they used to bury either the animals or their people, and that's why the rocks were there. And they said they believed because they said for years and years and years horses always shied there. So sometimes maybe they do have a reason. We just don't know what it is. Well, that's true. Yeah, Jennifer, do you have what are f- funny things that you've seen horses do oh. that make you laugh? Gosh, any any time they start grabbing stuff with their teeth and flinging it about, it makes me uh, crack up. Yeah, and both Scooter and Nigel 
one of their favorites, is one of the places I tie the horses up when we're getting ready to ride and grooming and things is in front of Scooter's stall. And we have Scooter's stall door closed. Otherwise, they would be tied up and they just walk in there and try to hang themselves because that's what horses do. But invariably, anything that's hanging on the blanket bar becomes a chew toy. Oh, of course. And they and Scooter especially, he likes to pick stuff up and he doesn't just pick stuff up. He picks it up and then he will rip it back and forth. You know how dogs do when they get a hold of something and they have to kill it? Scooter does that. And now Nigel must have been watching because now he started to do it, which is really funny because he hits himself in the face with it and he get, he makes a he screws his face up into a funny shape because it's hitting him in the yeah. face and he doesn't like it, but he doesn't want to stop or else he can't figure out how to open his mouth. Right. I don't know which. So yeah, he starts ripping and tearing and he Scooter will take there'll be several blankets hanging there. He'll take one blanket off and he'll yank it off with great flourish and toss it up and down a couple times, and then he'll hold it in his mouth and at the same time stomp on it with his foot so that he can tear it apart and then he'll fling it off to the side and then he'll get the next blanket and then do the same thing and then he'll fling it off he doesn't just drop them he flings them off to the side until he's got all the blankets on the floor and tossed off to the side and then he'll look at me he's an equal opportunity tosser yeah and he's like okay (laughs) put them back so i can do it again yeah oh that's so funny and it's all you can do is laugh, right? You can't get mad at yeah, them. Exactly. You, yep. All you can no, do is laugh. No, you can't get mad at them. You can't. You just have to laugh no, at them. No, it's they're funny. Such, they're such goobers. But I, tot- <laughs> I totally want video of, of of your daughter pushing his tail oh, down. Yeah. That's hilarious. Pushing his tail down. <laughs> oh, well, I, yeah, I'll get, I'll do And it, it's it's so funny because she went off and came back to Virginia and I, you know, I had him and I kept training him. And I'm, I'm at a horse show. She told me two things. She said, mom, when he gets his tail up, you push it down and canter him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay. And so I'm in this warm up one time, and his tail's like completely almost over his back, and I'm leaning back trying to push it down while he's cantering. I think she meant push his tail down while he stopped <laughs> and, and canter him a lot. But I didn't take it that way. But anyway, yeah, he's, he's pretty much a goofball. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know I have met some more, you know, serious horses, horses that really they take everything. Very seriously, their training, their life. Right. Um, but I don't seem to have those horses around me. I, I seem to have the ones that are just silly. And, you know, Lionheart's girlfriend is a 15 hand white pony. And mm-hmm. uh, what she likes to do, and so I, I sort of allow her to do it, is if I'm just, you know, they're, they're in a shed row, so if I'm, you know, raking in front of their stalls and I'm leaning, you know, um, pitchforks and stuff up against the side of the barn, she just puts her head out and starts knocking them down, right? You can't hang a halter near her stall. She just takes it, flings it, and then flings it out into the grass. And I sometimes she does it when the dogs are there, and I actually think, you know, the dogs look at her and she looks at them like, okay, so bring it back to me. You know, and we we will we'll play yeah. this game, and they're like, yeah. "Huh? That's that's yeah. not a ball or a frisbee. We're not going to bring that yeah. back." So I, yeah. you know, horses with a sense of humor, e- even scared ones like lion, they they're such a joy because they remind us. I think that you know, laughter is is I think the key to good health, and this is oh, you know, yeah. horses show us when they do goofy things. 
that, you know, it's part of their good health too. And it's fun to laugh at them. I mean, it's just so, it's just so, it's just funny. I mean, the joy you get out of that, you know. And the joy they get out of doing it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the only word I could describe for this particular horse, you know, Astrano. I mean, and I've had others like that. I mean, Kier used to do fun things. I used to, I taught him to, if I would drop my gloves, he would pick it up and then and pick it up in his mouth, which was hysterical, and then hand it to me. And, like, it just, the things that, it, it, the silly little things that you can get them to do, and then how that bridges on to other things. Because he would then eventually go, like, if I turned him out, he would go and pick up, like, sticks and walk them over to me. and be like, I'm you for that. <laughs> Boy, did that backfire. It's kind of funny. Or, you know, you know, years ago, remember when we used to all put tires out yep. in the field so the horses could play with them? I had one horse that would pick it up and run with it. And, like, again, slapping him in the face. And I, I've got it. It was an old thoroughbred, older older thoroughbred. And I, I, how they, they even, like, could run with one. I could barely pick the tire up, let alone have it in my teeth and run and have it hitting me in the head as you're running, you know? <laughs> and just, the, just how happy they were, you know? So well, let us know some of the funny things that your horses do at, and uh, contact us at healthycritters.com or on Facebook, Healthy Critters Radio. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 